your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? It's the Locked On NHL Podcast, your Friday edition. Joe DiBiase and Tom Gazzola. Tom, we got no more games to talk about. Whatever are we going to do? Oh, there's plenty to talk about still, Joe. (laughs) Trust me. Uh, we just happened to get right into the swing of things with the NHL draft and free agency. Free agency has been so, you know, so quick to out of the gate here on, on Friday that I don't even know how much time we're going to be able to carve out for the NHL draft. Oh, Hey, here's the thing. That second round of the draft or the second day of the draft was painful. It was painful. Did it end up being nine hours or close? Yeah. Unbelievable. So, you know, that the draft, I'm not usually a big prospect guy anyway. I don't think you are either. And our our uh, our, uh, our coworkers here at the Locked On uh, NHL podcast have been hitting it for the last four or five days. So we should be good on that front. Anything was the most interesting thing, though, that you took away from the NHL draft? Honestly, Joe, <laughs> the most interesting thing was that how damn long it took. And it was just <laughs> I didn't understand why. I- Every day, yeah. every draft, usually the second day, everyone's trying to get the hell out of there and catch their flight home. Yep. And and for whatever reason, even though we have all this wonderful technology, it just dragged on and on mm. and on. And like teams were trading down for more picks. And then it went on and on mm. and on. And I was <laughs> like, is this, is this thing still going? And just too much, too much. I hope it not not like that ever again. Hopefully, I uh, the most interesting to me was probably the Sabers pick, uh, picking Jack Quinn eighth overall, and just watching. I mean, you you know it. I mean, you went through this with the Oilers, I'm sure. That when your team's on a decade long playoff drought, any little thing that fans don't like, even if it's something that like you know they just they don't necessarily hate it, but they're they just would prefer it another way. Uh, mm-hmm. It gets blown out of proportion just because nothing goes ro- nothing goes right here, right? And everyone on Sabers Twitter, all Saber fans, seem to fall in love with this Marco Rossi from the Ottawa 67s, and then they pick his teammate when Rossi was still on the board. So it was funny to me that everyone, including myself to some extent, uh, we kind of act like we know what these 18-year-old OHL, uh, you know, Swedish players, wherever they're from, we act like we know what they're going to become when really we have no idea. Like we, a lot of us have never seen these guys play, but uh, that was the most interesting thing to me uh, on this draft. It was if the Sabres do anything that their fans don't like, it's going to, act, I mean, it's going to be, feel like it's the end of the world. Um, <laughs> that's where we're at. Hey, hey. <laughs> I, I know what it's like when an organization has to walk on eggshells and every every little move is critiqued and heavily, oh, yeah. heavily chastised by the fan base. Trust me, we're not that far m- removed from that, that situation here in Edmonton. And you know what? Uh, if the Oilers didn't make the postseason this year, I think Edmonton fans would be in the same type mm-hmm. of mindset as Sabres fans, for sure. Yep. Uh, it's, it's not good. It's not good, but hopefully, no. Hey, hope, hopefully they sign one of these big ticket free agents. I, it seems, sounds like they're chasing them. I'm not confident at all that they're going to get them. Uh, we've got a lot of free agency to talk to league wide and we'll, we'll get to the guys that have signed, but maybe let's start here with the guys that through Friday night, when we're recording this have not signed. And I think you've still got the two biggest names left on the market in Alex Petrangelo 
and Taylor Hall. And let's start with Petrangelo because, and we'll, we'll wrap the, maybe the biggest, one of the biggest signings of the day into the Petrangelo conversation. Tom, I really thought Petrangelo at the end of the day was going to end up back in St. Louis, but the Blues have now signed Tory Krug to a seven-year deal for $45.5 million. That's $6.5 million per year. Uh, there's no way, especially with what their cap situation was before that Krug deal, that they're going to bring him back now. That's crazy to me. I think you're right. That's the that's the nail in the coffin, the last one at least. And I, I, I was like you, Joe. I had this thought in my mind that for whatever reason, Alex Petrangelo would circle back home and that's to St. Louis. And uh, clearly that's un- highly unlikely, probably as close to a hundred percent unlikely now as possible with the Tory Krug signing. And you know, what's funny is somehow the Vegas golden Knights <laughs> find a way to sneak their way into all these monster deals. And when there's a big, sexy free agent name out there, that, that any team would be salivating to get on their roster. The Golden Knights always seem to be just right there in the mix. And yep. so now I know I know there's some intrigue with playing in Vegas. They've had three excellent seasons. Uh, if, if he winds up in Vegas, like I don't know how much more of a Stanley Cup contender they could be. They've clearly faltered against Dallas this year. They, they probably should have gone to the Stanley Cup final, but... You know, Dallas rose to the occasion, played them well and all of that, and then stymied their their goal scorers. But, Joe, if they can get Alex Petrangelo and add him to that roster, that team is just going to be a force. It's going to be Tampa West, basically. And we're going to see Tampa and Vegas, if Tampa can hang on to some – well, I mean, Tampa's hanging on to a lot of their guys, uh, minus Tyler Johnson, obviously. But – I just, I, I, if they find a way to make it happen, amazing. And then what about Boston now? What if it's like almost yeah. like a trade-off? What do you think of I, that? I think that that's probably maybe the most likely outcome at this point. Uh, because the other thing is Oliver Ekman Larson, who was in play for the Bruins as a trade target and the Canucks as well. His agent came out today and there was a deadline. Like we want him traded before free agency because we think that's best for the client. And today that deadline passed and it was, all right, guess he's staying in Arizona. That was from the agent. Now, maybe if Boston, you know, comes circles back around, they could find a way to make it work. But it seems like that deal might be off the table for now. And Petrangelo is the big name left. You got the cap space that you... Now, I mean, wh- how much was Zdeno Chara making last season? I'd have to look that up, but I feel like the money you had between Krug and Chara, you take a most, you take all of that, and then maybe you have to add a little bit more than that. I don't have that exact number in front of me, but you got two big money defensemen off the books, and you've got all those minutes now that are gone that Petrangelo just seems to fit, and it's a win now type of move. It's the best player in the market. You're one of the best teams in the league. I feel like you should be able to get that done. So. Uh, if I had to bet on a team, I would for Petrangelo. I would pick the Bruins. It's the Blues part of it, though. I, I, it's so strange to me. Like their their trajectory over the last year to get to this point. Like it's weird that they didn't treat Alex Petrangelo like a franchise player who was just the captain last year, winning the Stanley Cup. He's still a phenomenal defenseman. He's still at the at the peak of his powers. And they basically chose Tori Krug and Marco Scandella over him. Like that's brutal to me. But yeah. I don't know. They they it, I I can't it's hard to criticize a team though that won the Stanley Cup last year. <laughs> 
Uh, it, that's very true. And I mean, maybe they felt like they couldn't come come through with the big ticket at the right term for Petrangelo, and they just said, "Hey, we've reached our limit," and that's that's that. Yeah. That's probably right. Uh, Taylor Hall also still on the market. There are Darren Dreger said ten teams uh, estimated that are going to be making a pitch to him. I know just from that comment being said here in Buffalo Radio that the Sabers are one of those teams. I don't for a second think that the Sabers are going to convince Taylor Hall to come to Buffalo. You've got a guy who has basically been in the bottom uh, five to ten teams in the league for a decade, and he's going to come here. To the team that's on the decade-long playoff drought, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, where any natural landing spot uh, stick out to you for Hall? Because that one's kind of tough for me to read. Yeah, and and you actually had a great tweet where you summed up all the finishes his teams had, and what yeah. was the top one? Fifteenth. Yeah, the he Devils finished fifth, for one year. Fifteenth was the only time in his career where his teams finished in the top twenty. Yeah, it's just unbelievable how a guy that's that competitive, that talented, won a heart trophy continually plays on such bad teams. And, and a lot of those teams were here in Edmonton. Uh, I had a front row seat to those years, but Joe, like for, for Taylor, a lot of people say it's about winning, but he's in the meat of his, his career and he wants to, Mm -hmm. he wants to cash in. He's at the height of his, his performance. Yeah. I I think he's trying to balance that. And I kind of, have to give him credit for taking a measured approach to this and not jumping at every single offer or whatever big offer comes his way. He's thinking about it. So mm-hmm. if you think about it that way and, and Taylor wants to win and play on a good team, then then you look at the Colorado Avalanche and you go, hey, they've got cap space. Oh, yeah. That team is explosive beyond belief and they should be good for a long time. They, they I think, need to shore up their goaltending a little bit, but still, that team is so good that – Taylor Hall would just be a monster on that team that's already full of monsters. Um, and then, you know, it's weird. You hear about, like, the Columbus Blue Jackets freeing up space to make a pitch to him and and give him what he wants in terms of money. So, I don't, I don't know. Columbus, to me, just when – even though they're competitive, feisty, they had a nice little run this year, mm-hmm. I, I don't see Taylor looking at Columbus and going, boy, I really want to go there. I yeah. could see him looking at the Avs and saying, well, that looks enticing. I could get paid and I could win. Yeah, that's, that's the perfect situation. I think the Avalanche are a good one. Uh, I didn't even think of them, but you're right. They have a ton of cap space. They have the yeah. fourth, fifth most in the league. Plus they have what a lot of those teams below them don't have, which is, hey, we could, we're good right now. Like you want to win? We can give you the money. Uh, and we can win right now. We were, you know, a, a step away from the Western Conference Finals last year. So I think uh, the Avs are a good one. I thought about the Rangers for a second, just because the Rangers just always seem to be in on ideas like that, uh, and they've got some cap space too. But um, it remains to be seen what they're going to do. The Avalanche, I think there was a report too that they're in on Petrangelo a little bit too. Now. I haven't seen anything that he's seriously considering them, uh, but you never know. It's tough to read that situation as well. So Hall and Petrangelo, big names to monitor. You got some lesser names that are still on the market. Corey Crawford, Tyler Toffoli, Tyson Berry, Cody Eakin, Jesper Fast. Uh, any of those names uh, stick out to you as interesting? Tyson Berry's one that that is getting a lot of attention here in Edmonton. We're hearing that you know Ken Holland might want to change the dynamic of his blue line. But he's a guy that would be enticing for a lot of teams. He had a bad year in Toronto. Things didn't work out. The system, whatever. Mike 
Mike Babcock wasn't the, the coach for him and the way he was utilized, all, all that rhetoric. And, and this is a guy that had some really, really strong seasons uh, as a member of the Avalanche. So we'll see. Tyson Berry is one I'm keeping an eye out and out on. And, and we saw Justin Schultz sign with Washington. I thought Barry would be a good fit in Washington, but the Caps go out and get Schultz. And, and they're very similar in the way they play. So uh, that scratch another team off the board that, that Tyson Berry might go to. Cody Cece, I think, is a serviceable defenseman. And, and you know what the common theme about all these guys, Joe, is they're kind of in that middle middle ground in terms of money, how much they all make. It's mm-hmm. around three to five million. And and with things so tight with the cap, these guys are getting pinched out, which is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. These are yeah. good players. No, you're right. Like the middle class of the NHL this year, and maybe it's partly because of the environment of what, you know, teams' financial situations are. Maybe there are going to be a lot more vet minimum players and, you know, like two-way uh, entry-level players that are in the young parts of their careers that might get more playing time just because teams might feel like that's a cheaper option and you might not have as big of a, you know, drop-off uh, right. as, as, as you might think. Um TJ Brody, though, at the same time, signed for $5 million in Toronto. So not every team is doing that. The Leafs <laughs> went out and signed TJ Brody to $5 million per year. That's a weird one. I mean, I, I don't mind Brody as a player, but Toronto is not the team that I think needs to be going out and paying defensemen more than they're worth in, in free agency. I mean, they've got to be – it's just the way that their cap is set up. They have so much money invested up front that they have got to be – like calm, cool, and calculated with everything they do salary cap wise. And like one bad contract can just ruin everything for them. And I'm not saying Brody's going to be that because I do think he's a decent player, mm-hmm. but it just seemed risky to me, especially with him being 30 years old. Yeah, and, he, and he didn't have a particularly great season in Calgary. It was an up and down year. And uh, every time we talked to flames uh, media, they were, they were saying, well, TJ Brody's not having a great season. You know, it seems like he's taken a step back this year after a good season. So he's been kind of up and down. And, and yeah, you're right. Like, they threw they threw a good chunk of change at him mm-hmm. on top of the fact that they gave him term as well. And he's not a spring chicken by any means. But, it, hey, if they believe in the numbers and the stats that they're using and they identify TJ uh, Brody to be the exact type of defenseman that they need to mm-hmm. to shore up that blue line. Um, Joe, good on them. Yep. The proof will be in the pudding when the puck finally drops, you know, hopefully yeah. in January. I thought he was an analytics guy, like an analytics darling type of defenseman, by the way. And I saw well, a lot of like analytics guys that I follow on Twitter. They weren't bashing the player, but they were questioning it. And I thought that they would have been more favorable to that. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not sure why though. I don't know the numbers deeper on him, but that's just my observation from what I saw after that signing. Uh, did you have something else on that or do you want to move on here? No, uh, you know, TJ Brody, good for him. Got the contract uh, no. analytics, darling Kyle Dupas likes his analytics. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm surprised to hear that the analytics guys didn't necessarily uh, yeah. fawn over him. So that's interesting. I was, I was too. Usually they do that with almost every leaf signing, but um, <laughs> maybe, maybe not this one as much. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door with over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. You can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheese 
Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities they operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting simple started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. Joe DiBiase, Tom Gazzola here on the Lockdown NHL podcast. Let's move on to goaltending a little bit. I don't want to start with the biggest name just yet. We'll get to him. Um, but definitely... The, the player that signed today that will be the hardest to get used to being in a new uniform is easily got to be Henrik Lundqvist in the Capitals jersey. What what are we going to call him? Is he still King Henrik or can he be President I, Henrik? <laughs> President <laughs> Hank. I kind of like President Hank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like that a lot better. Um, it's going to be weird. It's a good signing for him. He's going to get yeah. some playing time. I know Ilya Samsonov is probably... Uh, most likely going to be like their number one guy, but I mean, it's a good good situation for Lundqvist. He's not moving too far away. No, and and that's right. He could kind of ride off into the sunset with a pretty competitive team. Mm-hmm. We know what they've been able to do over the last couple of years, and I'm only surprised by the Lundqvist going to the Caps thing because I, I thought that he would call it a career and say, "Hey, uh, I'm a Broadway blue shirt." True, uh, through and through, true to the core, right to the end. And I thought he would say, thank you, I'm out. But he, he wants to play. The fire's still there. And, and this is kind of a soft landing for him. If they give Samsonov, you know, 50 games and, and President yep. Hank gets 30, then that's <laughs> not bad. So uh, we'll see what type of game he's got left. Uh, he, he was okay last year when he needed to be, but they had the three-headed goalie monster with the yeah. Rangers and, and it didn't benefit him whatsoever. And uh, it, it, it will be strange. I hope it's not as strange as Marty Brodeur as a blue or Dominic Hasek as a, uh, Ottawa Senator. <laughs> yeah. Like that was just bizarre. So we'll see yeah. how it goes, but good on Henrik Lundqvist. He's doing it his way. And uh, if he wants to continue his career, he certainly earned that uh, right. He'll be another reason for me to root for the capitals to win the cup this year. Like yeah. if if he could get a ring to ride off into the sunset with, 
uh, that would be a pretty that would be a pretty cool story. Not I'm not and maybe hey maybe he would even be playing those games because I actually I really like Ilya Samsonov, uh, but he's only played 26 games in the league and young goaltenders sometimes can have a little bit of turbulence at the beginning. So we'll see. Some some don't. Andre Vasilevsky really didn't, um, but others did. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky definitely did. I remember him in a playoff series against the Sabers for the Flyers. Actually. Sad to say, it was the last Sabres playoff series uh, that that was. Um, and I don't mean to just be, you know, comparing him to other Russian goalies here, but they're you steam you could, upset. Yeah, it's I just gotta move on past the Sabres. I love doing the Lockdown <laughs> NHL podcast because I don't have to. It just naturally happens. Um, other goalies that signed today: Jacob Markstrom, six years, six million per in Calgary. Braden Holpe replaces him in Vancouver, two years. Four point three million. This one's easy for me, but I'll pose it to you. Uh, which which contract do you like better? Which player situation do you like better for uh, for which team? I think it's pretty obvious that getting Holtby at less money and less term uh, is probably the better deal in case things go sideways in a hurry. Because hey, the Flames and the Oilers were in on Markstrom too. I think they pitched a similar number with a similar term. Um, and, and he's 30 years old and, you know, the thing is some goalies can play late into their careers. Look at Craig Anderson. He's been pretty good. He's almost 40. Yep. Uh, same with Mike Smith. You know, he's kind of winding it down. We we're just talking about president Hank. So mm-hmm. some guys can prove that, you know, age is just a number and they can still maintain that level of play. But, but what are the Calgary flames going to look like? four or five years from now, what are they going to look like going into next year? It's, I I don't know. He's an excellent goaltender. He's had two tremendous seasons. He gets his no movement. Uh, He's protected from the Seattle expansion, but to answer your question, Joe, honestly, I think that the Braden Holpe deal is easier pill to swallow than, than what Calgary forked up for uh, Jacob Markstrom. Yeah. Calgary, especially with Vancouver, I feel like Vancouver didn't have to make a move like that. Uh, they could have gone for a more veteran player that maybe was a little bit cheaper uh, because I think if I were them, I would want to think Thatcher Demko takes that net over at some point. He doesn't have to, but I would hope, especially after what we saw from him in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and Holpe is like a nice little bridge gap. Two more years. Maybe he splits time in the second year with Dem- Demko. Maybe he even splits time this year. Holpe split time with Samsonov uh, in Washington. So it's it's some nice insurance for Vancouver. If they still want to be competitive, then they should have at least one of those two guys playing well in that. Um so I like that deal a lot better too. And you're right, like Calgary, like we were talking about them at the end of the playoffs as a candidate to blow things up. And they might be one more bad season away from just tearing it all down. And if that happens and you got a goalie, a 30-year-old goalie on a five-year deal for six million per, like you don't want that. So no. they better hope they win this year because that's kind of what that that deal reads to me that like they they better win now if, if that deal is going to be worth it. Uh, one other goalie we should mention here wasn't a free agent signing, but he did sign today. Matt Murray traded to the Ottawa senators in the past few days. He signed an extension today. Um, what do we think Ottawa is doing here? Because I didn't, I don't love the player, uh, as much as Ottawa did with a four year, $25 million deal. But at the same time, I th- I feel like they want to start ramping it up. They, they've been in a rebuild for a couple years and at some point you're going to try to get good. And I feel like this is like the first step towards that. Yeah, and they need to get to the cap floor, don't they? That too. Yes, they are. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know what the cap floor is. They are at though. 
They're at fifty-two million with the Murray contract. Oh, I got to hear. They're seven. They're seven point nine million under the cap floor still. Yep. So you're right. Actually, this actually helped that a lot, big time. So they, yeah, they got their goalie and they threw a bunch of money at them. Uh, they need to get to the floor, be compliant, all that stuff. So maybe, maybe they go big game hunting as well uh, throughout the rest of this free agency. We sh- we shall see. But it's interesting that, uh, yeah, I mean. Up here, I don't know if in Buffalo, Joe, if you probably do get the TSN feed, but like yep. even Marty Baron was was saying he didn't like that deal. He doesn't think that Matt Murray necessarily commands that type of money with his play, and that's despite the fact the guys won two Stanley Cups. Yeah. So it's it's kind of uh, it's a polarizing deal, but mm-hmm. Ottawa clearly believes in him. They gave him the contract. Uh, yes, they need to get to the cap floor to be compliant. All that. The one goalie that kind of flew under the radar today, and I'm really watching for to see what happens here, is Mark Andre Fleury. Is yes. there a three way deal to be had where, you know, we heard some rumblings that uh, Vegas was willing to flip a second rounder for a team to take a part of his cap hit, and then they could flip, uh, you know, whatever that mm-hmm. chunk is and Fleury to, to another team. And, and that's, that's yeah. the one that's kind of got my attention. And it, it kind of flew under the radar, quite honestly, today. Yeah. Let's talk about that. You know, day by day, there are several walls that you've got to get through. And for me, that's, you know, getting ready for a show or getting up and having enough energy to do a workout or you got something around to do housewise. Built Go is really what you want, whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. Easy to take in 1.5 ounce packages, put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine or put it in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. I am somebody that drinks no sugar energy drinks all the time. I was drinking two a day. Don't Google what those things do to you, (laughs) Those, those sugarless energy drinks. I'm on to Built Go now. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, chocolate coconut, chocolate mint, Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast, plus it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Visit BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Joe DiBiase, Tom Gazzola, here in the Lockdown NHL podcast, because there were some cap related moves that were made uh, by Vegas also by Tampa. We'll get into that a little bit too. And maybe there's more to come. Maybe that, that report that was out there in flurry that they were willing to uh, part with a second round pick in order to have someone take the three and a half million dollars, half of only half of his salary. Yeah. And then that same report said Carolina wanted a first and a second, which is crazy to me. And then Vegas turns around today and they trade Paul Stastny to Winnipeg for uh, Carl Dahlstrom, the defenseman, and a fifth-round pick, ditching that $6.5 million for next year so that they can go big game hunting. I wonder if they cleared enough space by trading Stastny. Uh, I, I would have to imagine that they would still, even with that, want to move. Maybe they wouldn't be as desperate to do it. I still think they'd want to move Flurry because if if you're going to start Robin Leonard 50 games, 60 games, and you're paying him $5 million a year, 
I don't think you're going to want a second goalie there that takes you into the double digits in terms of money paid money paid in net. It it would be really hard to fathom after the drama that happened in the postseason, the uh, Alan Walsh stuff, all of that. That that Mark Andre Fleury would come back and be like, you know what, guys, I'm cool. If you're willing to pay me my seven million, I'll play my 25 games. I'll play 30 games. That's cool. He's on top of his game. He's He's been a workhorse since he got to Vegas. And and I'm kind of surprised that Chicago has decided to yeah. re-up Subban and they've got Delia and, and uh, Lankinen or whatever uh, the third stringer is. I don't is even and, know who their goalies are yeah, at this point. <laughs> and, and apparently the word is that that's what they're going to roll with next season. Whew. And I'm sitting there going, are you are you serious? Like, are you just conceding 2020-2021 Chicago? Yeah. What's going on? So... I, I honestly thought that Marc Andre Fleury would be kind of going at Chicago and saying, "Hey, like you want to complete this Leonard deal? I'll come to Chicago." But uh, <laughs> evidently, that's not going to be the case. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I kind of, you know, covering the orders, I was like, "Hey, I don't think the orders are out of the out of the woods yet when it comes to figuring out the goalie situation." And and maybe Ken Holland finds a way to to swing that three way deal to land a big fish like Marc-Andre Fleury, but it just, uh, it it really seemed to me oddly quiet today on the Marc-Andre Fleury front. Yeah, I expect, I would still expect him to be traded, but you're right. Like there was nothing. There was not, not even like, not even a peep about what might be happening on that front. So we'll see some, now the teams have their net, their goaltending situations more clear. uh, Then maybe more land, some landing spots will kind of, you know, shake their way out because you had Anton Kadobin re-signed with the Stars, uh, Cam Talbot signing a three-year deal with the Minnesota Wild. Uh, we mentioned Crawford does not have a home yet, so maybe uh, they, some teams that might be interested in Flurry would want to see if they can get him first. Um, I don't know if there's a is there a starting job left in the league that Crawford could take. I mean, the Blackhawks was like you just mentioned, like they might be the team that needs a starter the most. Yeah. But I'm struggling to find like another team where Corey Crawford could just go there and just like, hey, he's their number one goalie. Uh, maybe, maybe the Sabers, but well, I don't know. Maybe Carolina. Could, Carolina, he could come to Edmonton. Edmonton um, right. Certainly, even a situation like um, I was just looking at this earlier in the day. Colorado, Nashville. maybe. Yeah, Nashville, Nashville yeah. right? Like Pekka Rene is even older than Corey Crawford. Yeah. Uh, so, so there are a few situations. Like, uh, what does New Jersey have for a goalie right now? Quite are frankly, they, still, they just are they still at Mackenzie Blackwood? He's a restricted free agent, I think. Right, and and so and that's it. Actually, they they have one goalie, and he's not even under contract. So, so that makes sense. There's some options out there, but yeah. I mean. I, to me, Corey Crawford is is closer to being done than anything. I mean, yeah, you know, he had a, a good little set of games in the playoffs, but uh, I don't know, man. He's been hurt so much in the last couple of years that yep. uh, at, at what thirty six years of age, that's that's a tough one when you have so many goalies out there right now. Mm-hmm. He did have a good year statistically last year, but I don't know if you could just trust him to stay healthy at this point. The concussion right. issues are starting to build up. And I mean, if if you got another guy that you could trust and he's like your one B, um, then I, I like the idea of that. But 
I don't think he's just going to go somewhere and be a number one. No. Uh, we've been just rapid firing through the entire league. There's tons of news. We're not going to get to all of it. Um, we'll wrap up with one other cap-related move that is not a free agent signing, but it came here on free agency day, and it was one that I did not expect to, to happen. Uh, Tyler Johnson waived by the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's got four years, le- four years left on his deal at $5 million per year. I mean, Tom, his name has been in the trade rumors, I feel like, for six years. Like, for, for as long as I can remember, I feel like I've heard, hey, maybe you could get Tyler Johnson out of Tampa Bay. Like, he could be had. And if it comes for full circle, that they're just going to waive him. I mean, maybe nobody claims him, but I still like him as a player. And the contract is a lot, but everyone seems to be assuming that Seattle is just going to take him anyway in the expansion draft. So basically, you're really only signing him. I guess it'd be hard to assume that, but it feels like you'd be signing him for a one-year deal, $5 million per year. And or, and I kind of like that for Tyler Johnson. And he's he, speaking of flying under the radar, I mean, there's so many good players with the Lightning that he just kind of accepted a bottom six role. And whenever there was injuries, he could fill in in the top six. So he's a guy whose name and whose star was rising for a while, Joe. And then yep. it, it just kind of faded because that team got so good and there were so many – players who really, really elevated themselves to the point where it seemed like Tyler Johnson was just another guy, even though he's still a really good player. The price point is is something that teams probably look at and go, I don't know, because like, like you look at his numbers and, and they're not what they were a few years ago, and you question if, if he can be that guy again, which is silly because I think if he's thrust back into a, a top six role, he could probably produce and produce well. And it's not like he's been leaned on heavily in Tampa all that much, all things considered. And I know they tried to to make a deal work, and that didn't happen. Teams knew that the Lightning would be squeeze, uh, squeezed into or squeezing out uh, a player because they, they're in a pinch as well with the cap. And so it, it really fell to Tampa's disadvantage. And uh, here's, a, here's a hell of a player and a guy that you know could probably still provide a ton of pop to a lineup. Just mm-hmm. kind of, just kind of floating in the wind, basically. Yeah. All right, we went through a lot. Anything you think we missed? Uh, and probably a lot. I don't know. Probably, probably <laughs> a lot. Um, but I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about next Friday because oh, yeah. not all these big names have signed, and uh, there'll be some trades maybe. Like Kevin Shattenkirk signed today. Jack Johnson, Tyler Ennis. I wa- I really wanted a reunion there for the Sabers. He's going back to Edmonton on a cheap deal, one year, yep. one million. Um, so there were some interesting signings around the league, but there's more to come. Evgeny Dadnoff is a name that hasn't signed yet. I didn't mention him today. Uh, Tyler Toffoli. Like there's 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 some important players that still have to sign. So we'll have stuff. We'll have stuff. All right. Thanks everybody for listening today. Uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at sneaky Joe WGR. Tom is at Tom Gazzola and we'll be back next Friday. I'll be back with Mike DeStefano on Tuesday for another edition of locked on NHL. This has been the locked on NHL podcast, part of the locked on podcast network.